Welcome to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist podcast. In this episode, you will hear Director of Education and Training, Andy Yanoni, in conversation with principal dancers Luke Ingham and Yuan Yuan Tan. This episode was recorded on Friday, May 1st, 2020, immediately before the uh, streamed capture of Edward Liang's Infinite Ocean. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to San Francisco Ballet's virtual Meet the Artist series. I'm Andy Yanoni, the Director of Education and Training, and I'm thrilled to be your host this afternoon. Of course, these artist interviews would normally take place in the Opera House before select performances during our repertory season, and we do appreciate your patience should there be any technical difficulties. I'd like to introduce you to our two guests today, both principal dancers, Yuan Yuan Tan and Luke Ingham. Thank you both for joining today. Let's start by acknowledging that we are in an unprecedented situation. We've had our season suspended and all operations disrupted. The San Francisco Ballet team is doing an amazing job of keeping the patrons and fans updated and engaged, including providing content like this special interview to new and loyal audiences alike. We especially appreciate the creative content and contributions of all of our artists. So thanking Luke and YY in advance. So I'm gonna start with Luke. Luke, you entered the company in 2012 and as a soloist, and then you were promoted to a principal in 2014 and have had a wonderful career with a wide um, uh, repertory. And so how are you doing um, in the shelter in place? How's your family? You have a new baby and a, a little one too. Yeah, um, so for me, I think um, this time's obviously, uh, while it's it's been a bit of a shock to kind of not be performing at this time, um, being able to spend the time with my family. Um, like you mentioned, I have a, a three-month-old daughter, um, Gigi and a three and a half year old uh, daughter as well, Aggie. So it's been really nice to kind of be able to spend the time with them. Um, you know, there's obviously days where having kids in the house is a lot, but um, fortunately we're actually down by the beach. So we've kind of got our routine in place and we get to spend time at the beach or we go uh, to Golden Gate Park. Um, we try and get out as much as we can. But yeah, it's, it's kind of been, it's been a little bit of a kind of a surprise, but it's been a nice surprise in that regard. Great. And, and what about your family at home in Australia? How are they coping? How are you communicating? Um, so my uh, mother and her husband, they live on a farm um, in country Victoria. So for them, they're actually kind of, uh, kind of isolated anyway. They're about 40 minutes from the nearest town. Uh, I've been in, obviously, keeping in contact with them um, kind of every couple of days. We FaceTime, we send little videos of the kids and stuff like that. Um, but I think the biggest thing it's kind of been disappointing is that I'm flying to Australia in about two weeks' time at the end of our season. And obviously, given the current circumstances, that, that kind of is not a possibility at this time. Uh, my wife and I kind of 
contemplated the idea of going back uh, when we were initially laid off. But with all the uncertainty um, with regards to the borders and, you know, like trying to get back into the US and stuff like that, we kind of just decided to stay put. Yeah, I know it's been difficult for so many of our artists um, who are here with family abroad. Mm. Um, so I'd like to just step back for one moment to that day, March 6th, the beautiful opening night of Balanchine's A Midsummer Night's Dream. That was the first and last performance. And um, what was your reaction at the end of the show when you found out that the run had been canceled? Uh, me? Yeah, Luke, please. Um, it was very kind of surreal moment. Um, it, I think we'd all kind of heard like uh, kind of rumors to that point that there was a possibility that this could happen. Um, it definitely kind of, it took a little while to sink in for me, like just realizing that we weren't probably going to be able to finish our season. And I think at that point, the reality of what we're all facing kind of really set in. I think up until that point, it had sort of been something that we'd all kind of, we all knew about it. We'd all read through it, uh, read about it through the media and stuff like that. But yeah, that was a, a really kind of surreal moment. Um, bit of a shock. And then I guess after that kind of initial shock, you're obviously very disappointed that, you know, there's things in the season that you kind of have been working towards and, and looking forward to performing that you kind of realise that you're not going to be able to do that. Um, yeah, so it's kind of, yeah, it was definitely a very strange, strange kind of feeling. Great, thanks. I'm, I'm going to move to YY. How are you and how's your family? How are you coping? Uh, I'm coping okay. And um, just uh, doing everybody was doing around the world, like dancers, uh, taking classes and taking care of families and talk to friends and let go a lot of neg negative feelings because, you know, when you stay in house for so long, you know, it's pretty hard to get motivated. But I think San Francisco Ballet did a great job to motivate all the dancers. We have daily classes and then we have world ballet classes uh, made by uh, Diego Cruz. I think the, it's a lot of uh, different teachers every day. So I just basically keep myself busy and uh, I do meditations as well. So so who's who's cooking? Um, I know your your parents are there with you. Who's doing the cooking? Oh, uh, well, I sort of take care of them because, uh, you know, they're supposed to be in China right now, but now they are here. Um, so I learn a lot of cooking right now skills. I'm improve my, improving my cooking skill by learning from my mother. So, yeah, after the quarantine, maybe I should make something for the company. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. So do you have any special daily rituals? Well, yeah, well, uh, first of all, ballet class have to do and uh, stretching uh, meditations and uh, have phone conversations. And uh, I usually take a lot of phone calls during the dinner time uh, until I go to bed because China wakes up. So that was a time 16 hours. 
difference. So I got pretty busy during the daytime, uh, nighttime. So I just talking to my friends in China, and I have like a future project, which is I supposed to do it now, but got delayed. How you cope with the difficult times?、Uh, maybe we delayed. Maybe maybe we'll do something else. So I've been busy with that. Great. So this is your twenty fifth season with San Francisco Ballet. So just imagine the wild and the thunderous applause that we'd hear if we were in the opera house. You entered as a soloist in nineteen ninety five, and you were promoted in ninety seven. What a remarkable tenure! And you still have a lot of dancing to do at San Francisco Ballet. So if you had to pick one or two special moments. Um, regarding your career here, what would they be? Well, I think one is I、um, one moment I really remember vividly is when the opera house are in, under renovation. Renovation, I think it's nineteen ninety nine or ninety seven or something. But we are performing in the、uh, Palace of Fine Arts at that time. Yeah, Salvador Palace Fine Arts and Yuvo Boina.、Right. So after I did the same variation,、uh, Haugi called me up, like in audience.、Uh, he's like, "Well, we are doing the rehearsals. I'm not like I finished the same variation show a day before、uh, at night, and then the in the afternoon we back to the uh, uh, Palace of Fine Arts have another rehearsals." So I was like sitting there. He walked up to me. He said he was like, "Well, not bad doing theme and variation. Hmm. I think you should. You're good enough to be a, become a principal." I was like,、oh. "That was the moment. I was like, 'What is going on?'" So that was like a very fun moment.、Um, and also、uh, last year in、uh, Little Mermaid,、uh, when the Little Mermaid comes back. Right.、Um, yeah. After five years, right? Years. Wow.、Um, so last time was like not twenty fourteen, and now it's like tw-、uh, last year twenty nineteen. I take a bow, and I was just in tears, and、uh, and the bow was like last six minutes, and、uh, after that, Hel- both Helgi and John Yumai was on stage, and then they gave a beautiful speech, and then they mentioned me, and I was in. Tears. <laughs> oh, beautiful! We all remember.、Um, at least I remember. I remember you in、um, Swan Lake back、okay. in like '96 or something, the very first time. And okay, I, I remember all, the old production, right? Yeah, meeting you on stage then, and so many wonderful moments. Um, so switching gears a little bit, but before we talk about Edward Liang's Infinite Ocean, which will be streamed,、um, it was streamed today and then、uh, for the next week. Let's talk a little bit about the twenty、uh, twenty repertory season.、Um, so why why what were the highlights of the ballets you performed before the season was suspended? So in program two, after the rain. Um, Infinite Ocean, and then of course、um, Midsummer. So Midsummer, yeah. Midsummer. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Well, 
I think a midnight sojourns is like uh, yeah, I did opening as a Tatiana, and this piece was not like have not returned to San Francisco Ballet for thirty plus year, and I was uh, honored to be well the opening cast, uh, and then it was just like for me, I have not had enough to really deliver this ballet yet, and then we have to close down. So, mm-hmm. but that. But that night was also my highlight. Somehow, very different energy, and everybody outdid themselves. Everybody looks superb, like perfect. Was it perfect? A hundred percent. They they all there. We all connect each other, and then we all bound together, and then we had an amazing, fantastic show that night in March the sixth. So and also the highlight is uh, after the rain because uh, I did this piece for over ten years in different around the world, <laughs> around the world, and that was the uh, original made for Wendy Willen, one of my favorite ballerina, and then um, Jacques Soto. Um, so they are the orange of the cast, and then I did with Damon Smith, and then I did with Luke. Um, so that's. That's uh, and I think Chris have very special feelings about this Padula also. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna talk. We're gonna come back to that in a moment because it's such a crowd favorite. Uh, but I want to turn to Luke. You were so busy in January, um, February through um, the opening of Midsummer, um, and in particular, I found as I was looking through the casting, I just found it so interesting that you had uh, a variety of leading ladies um, who you were working with. So um, opposite Sasha DeSola and Cinderella with YY and After the Rain, Sarah, Sarah Van Patten in Sandpaper Ballet, uh, Doris Andre in Infinite Ocean and Jennifer Stahl in Big Hunger. Can you just talk about the the process of working in different kinds of partnerships like that and how you manage that? Sure. Um, I think for me personally, it's uh, probably the thing that I love the most about um, dancing and probably for, for me in my career, it's probably the thing that sort of set me apart a little bit um, is my ability, I think, to work with a variety of ballerinas like YY, for instance. Um, and then obviously this year with Sasha, Jen, Doris, Sarah, um, it's definitely something that I really enjoy doing. Everyone's kind of, everyone's bodies are different. The way everyone moves is different and everyone's personalities are really different. So I kind of um, really enjoy the opportunity and the experience to work with a variety of people. Um, it sort of definitely keeps you on your toes. Uh, I always feel like I'm I'm always learning from the various people that I get to work with. Um, and yeah, I guess for me, definitely a highlight for this season was uh, performing after the rain. Obviously, that was added in, and um, I performed it with YY a couple of years prior in Napa and in uh, Stone Grove. So coming back to that was was really, it's such a beautiful piece and there's just something about um, performing that ballet and being out on stage and just having these really kind of calm, quiet, serene moments um, that I really love. And then the other highlight, um, always, obviously, this is third or fourth go with Cinderella, which is a fun ballet to perform and first time um, with Sasha as well, which was really fun 
but uh, definitely uh, Trey McIntyre's The Big Hunger um, for the, the half of the season was a real highlight. Um, I had a really great time working with him. Um, and Jen and I, obviously, we've worked together a lot before. So that was a really fun process. And I'm definitely glad that we were able to perform that piece because it was, like I said, a really a great process to be a part of. And then the performances were just a, a blast. Yeah. They were a blast for the audience as well. Yeah, it was, a, it was something a little different for sure, but it was fun. Yeah. I think I look great with the pink wigs on too. Yes. <laughs> I think everybody looks good with pink. Maybe that's what we should do for our quarantine or our shelter-in-place hair. Um, so back to the after the rain potter and the unison at the beginning, the partnering, the connection, how do you maintain that? And I'm thinking, especially in a venue like Stern Grove, where there's a lot, sort of a lot of chaos going on around you and you're just keeping that focus. Um, can you speak to that a bit? Me? Either, either one of you. Yes, go ahead, YY. Oh, oh. Uh, well, it's harder to be out, well, actually, in Stone Girl because it's always cold. And I, I was like, start like shivering, and my feet and my hands are so frozen cold. And then you are shivering, and then you start the, the first rocking and to the right. Da, 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 da. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And I just have to uh, take a deep breath and go down. So I be, have to think about Zen at that time to not get like nervous because um, that moment, the stillness is hardest to hold for me at that time. So start we, we, when the music start and when we start like moving around there, I feel relaxed and uh, still cold. I, I think last time when I danced in Stone Grove after the entire part to do, I was sweating, but my feet and my hands are still cold, frozen. Yeah. Uh, that the same to you, Luke? Oh, yeah. Uh, it was, it's always freezing in Stone Grove. But, um, yeah, I think there's just something about the music as well and the way that the movement quality just matches up with the music so perfectly that um, just, like, listening to the music on its own, it's, it really yeah. puts you in the place that you need to be in. Mm on that piece and it there's so many strong moments of connection that aren't necessarily uh it's like can be like a real physical connection it's not just necessarily me looking at yy it's um just a very physical kind of connection and there's so many beautiful shapes like it creates so many beautiful kind of shapes and still moments with those shapes that connect so perfectly that you just immediately kind of like you're just immediately drawn into the, those moments. It's fantastic. And to mention that the music is by Arvo Part and it, it is a beautiful score. Um, now about the work um, that was streamed today, Edward Liang's Infinite Ocean uh, premiered during the 2018 Unbound Festival. It's set to a beautiful score by Oliver Davis uh, featuring a violin solo and this year it was um performed by our concert master Cordell Merckx and it's just a beautiful uh, piece of music so the focus of the work is very spiritual and the beautiful sun that large orb is a fitting backdrop 
Um, why, why? Please talk a bit about your relationship with Edward Liang and also about the creation process of Infinite Ocean uh, during Unbound. Yeah, well, I have been uh, working with Edward for a long time, and uh, I think maybe Infinite Oceans by far is the seventh work I I did his seven seven works, but Infinite Ocean is the third work for uh, for Edward Young to make for San Francisco Ballet. And Infinite Ocean is a uh, house in the space between the life and death, when spirits must be must let go of whatever ties them to the physical world. It's a time he will call the awakening. So it's very meaningful for him because. Um, I I see him as like a, you know no non brother um, non blood related brother not because uh, not because we all have that Chinese background and uh, we he speaks Chinese too and uh, he moved to United States when he was five years old and uh, I think his father passed away at his age. Uh, age of 13 of his age um the, but this is always very hard for him and then um, he misses his father very much and then one day he said to me he said why why i think that i wanted to you know uh just one of my friends says oh i just lost my partners but it's okay i will see you someday in the other side of infinite ocean i think that's how this name come from and uh, I think Edward very spiritual person, and he doing meditation as well. And uh, we are all Buddhism, and so somehow work with him for me is very very easy. And his movement, I can read his body language, mm. and uh, I can, I can, I can do rehearsal so fast with him. I think my part to do with Vitor Luis is uh, in six minute part to do two and a half days wow. work. Yeah. And then each time the principal probably only get like two or three hours a day because we have to divide it uh, with time. They only have, how, how long was that? Three weeks to making their ballet, each choreographers, because there are 12 of them. Right. So each of them have three, only three weeks and then each of them every day only have three hours for the group we divide everybody in the company um 78 of us probably like four groups so that how things works it's kind of like puzzle but yeah. well, he, he made this things very fast um for me it's only two and a half days for this part to do That's and amazing. yeah um so, um, Luke, you weren't part of the original creation, but um, learned the pas de deux. You danced it with Doris Andre this season, um, and it's described as soft, spiritual, romantic. Can you talk about a bit about the pas de deux and, in particular, how it ends, which is spellbinding? Yeah, um so obviously the first cast were Teet and Sofiane, uh, Teet Hellermans and Sofiane Seal. So it's always kind of a challenging endeavor 
to kind of replicate those two. Uh, obviously, Teet's an incredible partner and Soph's just this amazing dancer. And so Doris and I, we spent actually quite a bit of time. We started probably back in like September, October last year, just putting it together, the part of her. Um, obviously, there's some very kind of uh, challenging lifts and um, a few kind of like you mentioned the end uh it took me a while there's a part where I'm kneeling over Doris and I grab her legs and then she does like a back bend over my back um and I think just proportionally it was very kind of challenging to kind of get that right mm. uh, but yeah it was all in all it was a really fun fun ballet and um unfortunately we weren't able to work with Ed this time but uh hopefully in the future yeah, great. Um, so why, why your part of the, this year was with um, Carlo Delano, uh, originally with uh, Vitor Luis, and it's described as um, soulmates dancing. What does that mean for you? Well, I think uh, for our movements for uh, this part of the is like we do a lot of like circling movements. And I felt maybe according to Ed, he thinks well, he thinks that life is a circle. You always leave side and then go back to each other. And that's a lot love. It's like a, a circle. So uh, just like, uh, you know, this amazing music that I can dance with, it's, it's phenomenal. And uh, when Ed shows some of the lift, again, it's Ed. <laughs> and uh, uh, we laughed a lot because... Vitor, proportion-wise, Vitor was a little bit smaller for me, and he's very strong, but uh, the counting balance sometimes doesn't work out, but we have to adjust. So I think that was the first time Vitor worked with uh, Edward, and uh, we're just making a lot of fun to Vitor. I'm sorry, Vitor, but <laughs> we had a great time. And uh, yeah, Edward is doing his like demonstration and Vito was like, wow, but Ed, you are much taller. Your your answers live longer. And then it's like, but Vito, trust me, you can do it. So that was fun. And uh, I think this part of you just, uh, uh, you, I can say one of my favorite part of you of the whole time. And uh, it was performed also in Hong Kong and Beijing last year. Fantastic. Um, I'm going to go to one audience question. So Dan Knox wants to know, why, why, what's your favorite brand of chocolate? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, anything, well, maybe Linted, 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 that's dark, 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 the darkest chocolate you can find, like 80%, 85%. And if there's some almond nuts in there, it will be greater. <laughs> oh. And uh, Luke, what about you? Are you a chocolate lover? Chocolate? I like uh, like the Ghirardelli dark salted uh, sea salt and caramel chocolate. Anything with caramel in it. Almond, like chocolate almonds, good too. Um, I got to say, though, I think my favorite thing is probably just having like peanut M&Ms sometimes. <laughs> There's like a bag of them. I can see them right now and all I want to do is <laughs> peanut M&Ms. 
That's great. Um, we have just a couple of minutes left, um, and um, I don't seem to have any more audience questions. So, um, it, what, what, um, uh, YY or Luke? Uh, what do what? What did the audiences this year miss by us not performing uh, programs five through eight? What if you had to pick one? What would you have said that? Gosh, I really wish they would have seen this particular ballet. Luke, go ahead. Um, I think I was well. For me, I was really looking forward to Jules. Mm. Um, I have obviously seen, um, we, we did rubies not long ago and I think we've done diamonds, uh, since I've been there as well. And I was like personally really looking forward to that program and seeing all the ballets together. Um, and then obviously, I, I mean, I was going to be performing emeralds and, uh, diamonds and obviously kind of, uh, working with Elise Bourne. Mm. Um, and having that kind of experience with her was always such a great and and positive and fun experience for me. So I was kind of really looking forward to that program. Um, and then obviously uh, R&J as well is always fun. Uh, I do Tybalt and probably going to do Romeo as well. So I love the Tybalt, the sword fighting and um, yeah. great mime and, and the kind of character of that. So I was, yeah, really looking forward to those two things. Yeah. Um, just acknowledging that we lost Elise this year. She was a longtime um, ballet master. She worked for San Francisco Ballet, worked for the Balanchine Trust. Um, she worked actually with San Francisco Ballet School quite a bit as well. So we, we, um, we, we remember her. We will remember her always. Um, why, why, what about for you? For me, uh, well, I'm really looking forward to Dance Seven for A uh, by Hauke Thomason because that was the ballet was made on me. Guess who else? Me <laughs> and Yuri Kosakov. <laughs> so, yeah, imagine that. Uh, yeah, me and Yuri Kosakov, and uh, <laughs> I have danced this with Yuri in also uh, first, I think first or second tour in uh, Paris. At uh, National of Archives is outdoor. I think that was we we also did that piece, and then uh, I danced with T Talents, uh, I think Pierre Francois, and uh, just like a lot of uh, partners of that piece. And I was looking forward to dance this again with Teet. So yeah, that was one piece, and also always jewels. And I have danced Emeralds in two different parts, two, like, two different parts. And then uh, I was supposed to do emeralds and diamonds again. And then April 19th is supposed to be my, you know, celebration of 25th. And after the diamonds, which is the matinee show, and then we are going to celebrate. But I guess this will be delayed. Will be delayed. Um, we're about out of time. And so, first of all, thank you both so much for joining. Uh, really appreciate your time. You look fantastic and appreciate also what you're doing to support the, um, the ballet through content and, uh, 
uh, programs like this. I want to give a special shout out to all of the healthcare workers and first responders who may be listening. Thank you for all you're doing to keep us safe. And I'm going to leave you with a quote from Edward Liang. If we have the choice of being able to create beauty or chaos, I hope we choose beauty because I think beauty can save the world. For our viewers, we wish you the best of health. Everybody stay strong and thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist podcast. For more podcasts and other audience engagement programs, check out sfballet.org or your favorite podcast player.